Let me, let me go ahead and jump in today with Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, 1 through 10 is where we're going to go today. And we're going to talk about the three things that I'm praying God fills our house with. But Matthew 22 says this, Jesus responded by telling still more stories. God's kingdom is like a king who threw a wedding banquet for his son. He sent our servants, sent out servants to call in all the invited guests and they wouldn't come. And so he sent out another round of servants. So here he is, Jesus is giving an analogy of a, of a wedding. A king is having a wedding and he's having a wedding for his son and he's wanting people to come and be a part of this incredible wedding. So he sends out guests sends out his servants, nobody wants to come. Sends out a second round, instructing them to tell the guests, hey, look, guys, everything's on the table. We even got prime rib ready. Come on, somebody, this is a party. All right, so we got some prime rib. I want you just to come and eat. Come on, how many know that's a good party? Just come and eat. You don't even have to bring a gift. Just come, come. And now watch what happens. They just shrugged their shoulders, and they went off, and one went to weed his garden. Another one went to work his in his shop. And the rest with nothing better to do, they beat up the messenger and they killed him. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty intense. Now watch what happens next. The king was outraged and he sent soldiers to destroy those thugs. I love that. Thugs. Level their city. And then he told his servants. Now watch this. We have a wedding banquet all prepared, but no guests. The ones I invited weren't up to it. And then he says this. Go out into the busiest intersections in town and invite who? Anyone. Say it again. Anyone. Anyone you find. Just go out into the busiest streets and go, you, 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 here, you, here, you, you're invited, you, 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 me, you, yeah, me, you, come, come. And the servants went out on the streets. They rounded up everyone. They laid eyes on, watch this, good and bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes when you put out the invite to everybody, you're like, mm, everybody? I don't know. So everybody came, and so the banquet was on. Every place filled. Every seat filled. The house was full. And I believe God's passion is that his house will be filled. Like heaven, how many know we want heaven to be full? We want heaven to be populated. We want, we want to make it hard for people to go to hell. We want heaven to be the place God is inviting us all to be a part of what he's doing. And so here are my three prayers for OSC. If you're taking some notes, you can write these down. We're going to dive right in. Number one is that God would fill our house with broken people. God would fill our house with broken people. How many in here have broken a bone? Any, any, any people broken a bone before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurt? Yeah, a lot. I, I've broken a couple of things in my life. I broke broken my ankle playing basketball, landed on a guy's foot. Um, I broke my finger. You'll see this right here? Y'all ever notice this? Some people, some people comment and tell me, what's up with your finger? Like if you look at this, cool. This, not so cool. All right? I can do this, but I can't do this. This, not this. My mom was cheap. She didn't send me to the ER. I need to get something. No, I'm joking. I, I, we didn't get it fixed. And so sure enough, I have a pinky that doesn't want to operate correctly. I had to broke that. But, but that was actually not the worst thing I broke. I've broken some things a lot worse than that. Um, and, and if you're new here, uh, you may have not heard this story. If you are been here for a while, you know where I'm going, which is probably a little bit of why you're snickering. And so a couple years ago, I was mowing my grass in my backyard and I had a massively huge limb, big old 25 foot so limb that had fallen, um, and it, but it was still connected to the tree. And so for about five or six weeks, I was just lazy. 
I was just mowing around it. Just mowing. I didn't even cut it down. I was just mowing around it, mowing around it. So finally, I came to the place where I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I, 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 there's grass growing all over the place. So I, I decided instead of cutting it down, I was just going to move it over so I could just mow where the grass was. So I had decided, what I decided that I was going to do was I was going to pick it up. And so I was going to kind of deadlift this thing. So I, I, I think I have a picture of the actual limb so you can see it. Look, here it is right here. Big one. And it was attached up here. So it's just hanging. It's on the grass. So I went, grabbed it like this, and went to move it. And uh, any of y'all ever been on a seesaw when someone gets off? Y'all know where I'm going here. So it falls. It was rotted at the top. It falls and hits the ground. Yeah, y'all know where I'm going here. I have it between my legs. You ever been on the bottom of a seesaw and somebody jumps at the top? You go up. So I'm flying in the air. My earplugs are coming out. I mean, everything. My phone's flying. I mean, it hits me right between my legs. Boom! Hits me. I fall on the ground. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? I can't move. I can't. Like, all my lower extremities are on fire. I don't know what's happening. So I army crawl to the back. This is no lie. I'm not... I'm telling you, I army crawled to the back of our patio, and we have a sliding glass door, and I'm banging on I'm like, Lindsay, Lindsay. So she slides the door open. She's like, what? She's like, you fell off the roof? I'm like, no, I wasn't even on the roof. What are you talking about? She's like, what happened? I'm like, just get me in the house. So she drags me, like dummy, drags me into the house. I'm laying on my stomach because I can't, turn around. I can't use my legs. And she's like, what do you want me to do? And I said, get some ice. I need ice. She's like, okay. So she gets ice. She's like, where do you want me to put it? <laughs> on my butt. I need it on my butt. And so, uh, so she puts ice right there on my butt. And, um, and within about 30 seconds, the pain went from about a seven to about a 700. I was like, what did you do? I can't move. I can't get up. She's like, why don't you just try to stand? I'm like, I can't. You don't realize I can't move. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, give me to a hospital. Like, I don't know if there's like something like, I don't know if my hips are out of place. I don't know what's going on. I just, I have burning sensation in my lower extremities and I don't know what to do. So she, she drags me, dummy crawl, drags me into the into the van. I can't even sit up in the van. I'm laying the van back as far as I possibly can. She pulls up to the ER and they're like, I'm sorry, we're busy right now. He can just sit in the waiting room. She was like, I don't think you understand. My husband can't sit. And they're like, no, listen, he's just going to have to wait. So thankfully, someone that knew us was like, what's going on? And so they, they whisked me around the, the, the ER ambulance entrance. <clears throat> and so I got in there and they put me on this. And they did an ER, I mean, uh, they did an x-ray, and sure enough, I broke my butt. <laughs> That's what I broke. I broke my butt. Uh, I had a broken butt. There's another word for it, but I'm not going to use it. And um, there's, yep, don't use it. And so um, it's a little bone in your butt that just broke off. It's just gone. Just, they were like, I don't know where it went. I'm like, awesome, great. <laughs> so I'm like, what do we do? Get a cast? What do we do here? And they're like, 
nothing. You do nothing. I'm like, what do you mean, like nothing? Like, I'm hurting. They're like, nothing. You do, here's a pillow. Go sit. I'm like, I can't sit. So anyways, I get sent home with a broken butt and, um, and pride that's about this big. And so it's a bad situation, really bad situation. Needs to say my butt's okay now. I'm good. And so I'm good. Take that, go ahead, take that picture off. And so, so broken bones hurt. They hurt. Hey, listen, you don't realize how much you use your butt bone until you break it. Just letting everybody know here. Future. It hurts. And just as much as broken butt bones hurt, brokenness in our life also hurts. And how many know there are a lot of people that are not just broken physically, they're broken emotionally and broken spiritually and broken in all these other areas. And how many know brokenness doesn't see color? Like you can be black and be broken, be white and be broken. It doesn't see age. You can be old and be broken. You can be young. How many brokenness comes in all sizes, all shapes? It comes in everything. It, it doesn't see anything. You could be rich and be broken. You can be poor and be broken. You can go to church and be broken. You could be hate God and be broken. Oftentimes when we think of broken people, we immediately assume there's people that are like, you know, those drug addict and crack people and uh, those people in the gang and those people that are, but I'm going to tell you right now, some of the most broken people I know are the people who go to church every Sunday. And, and for us, we've got to realize that God has called us as a church to reach broken people. And I know, listen, I know it's church. I mean, it's like Halloween at church. Everybody puts their mask on. Everything's good. But then you got to go home and you got to face yourself. And you got to realize we're not as good as we thought we were. And I'm here to tell you, come on, we're going to come here to church. We're going to create a place where people can take the mask off, be who they really are with brokenness and all because we serve a Jesus who heals it all. Come on, somebody. And so this is what God has called us to. And so I want to just share, if you're taking some notes, I just want you to write this down. Broken people are broke. I know we're getting deep here. Broken people are broke. What do I mean? They're bankrupt. They have no currency in certain areas of their life. I know people that are purpose broke, got no purpose, got no drive, got no hope. Can I tell you in the last year, I've done more funerals for people who have committed suicide than people who have died of natural causes. Why is that? No hope, no purpose. Wake up in the morning, just, I don't want to live anymore. And you don't know what that's like until you've been there. Because that's a real deal. There's people that are broken, and they got the smile, and they look like it's all good, but on the inside, they're crying and craving for someone to notice. There's people who are joy broke. Their, their life has sucked the joy right out of their life. It's hard for them to smile. It's hard for them to laugh. It's hard for them to be happy about anything because so much stuff has happened in their life. It's just all of that has been sucked right out. There's people who are family broke. How many, how many of you come from a family that your, your parents or grandparents were divorced or got a divorce? Send me, raise your hand. Look, raise your hand. Raise it high. Look around. Look around. I, one of the things I love about Jesus is that he takes all of our broken mess and our broken families. And when we come to Jesus, he gives us a new family. That's the most awesome thing. I tell people all the time, man, I, I, you know, people are like, man, how long have you been at OSC? I said, seven, almost 18 years. And they're like, what? You started at six. I'm like, no, I'm joking. And uh, actually, I did have someone tell me that the other day. I said, no, no, no. Listen, I stayed here for this long, not because I found a great church, but because I found a great family. Amen. And how many know when you find a great family, you stay in the family. <laughs> you don't find those too often. 
And I love that when we come into God's house, we become a part of God's family. That's why we say welcome home. God's got, a, God's got a purpose for you. He wants to do something. But there's also peace broke. People that are broke in the area of peace. Their life is filled with worry and anxiety. Their life is filled with fear. Their life is filled with stress and strain. And they have no peace. And so what they do is they have to take a bunch of pills to try to get through the day. Because I can't even get through the day without having something to help fix something that's broken here. There's people that are relationally broke. And their, their marriages are broken, or their relationships are broken, their relationship with their kids are broken, or friends, or whatever. And there, there's people that are broke. Here's the other thing that I know is n- broken people aren't, aren't just broke. Broken people, if you want to write this down, are in. What do you mean, in? Well, broken people are in. They're in a mess. They're in addiction. They're in stress. They're in hurt. They're in dysfunction. They're in debt. They're in worry. They're in fear. They're in, they're in something. That's the reason why they're broken is because they're in something that they wish they could get out of. And how many know to take someone who's in something and get them out of it, how many know it takes time? People don't just automatically get out of whatever situation that they're in. You can't take, you know, five years of a bad marriage and in three counseling sessions think you're going to be completely out. It's going to take a while to have to help people get through this, and through addictions and through hurts and through pains. Layer by layer by layer, we peel these things back and we deal with the issues that are in our life, but we're in trouble. We're in issues. We're in something. And as a church, we've been called to help people who are in these things get out of these things. How many know it's okay to not be okay? Y'all know that, right? It's okay to not be okay. Here's the deal, but it's not okay to stay there. It's not okay to stay there. So we want to welcome broken people. Now, I know immediately as I say broken people, you immediately think, well, that's not me. Well, Jesus has something to say to you. This is what Jesus says. Look what Matthew says in chapter 9. Jesus says, so later when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house, who was a person that nobody liked, by the way, with all of his close followers, all of his disciples, and and watch all the other people that were invited to this house party. A lot of disreputable characters. A lot of people that other people wouldn't want to be around. They came and they joined with them, and when the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and lit into Jesus' followers. Now watch this. What kind of example is this from your teacher acting all cozy with crooks and riffraffs? And Jesus, overhearing, shot back and he said, who needs a doctor? The healthy or the, or the sick? The healthy or the sick? That Jesus came. His whole mission, what he came. He came to help those who were sick, those who were broken. Here's the issue with all of this. The people who were most broken in this situation were the people who thought they were the most healthiest. Right? The Pharisees who thought they weren't broken were going, why is he hanging out with all those broken people? And Jesus was like, well, you don't realize you're more broken than they are. Which, by the way, the the Pharisees who were the religious people, they're the ones, by the way, who crucified Jesus. Right? Because they thought, man, how, how could he be hanging out with these kind of people? And I love what Jesus says. He goes, go into the intersections, go into the busiest towns, go into, go into the places, find anyone. Everywhere your eyes lay, I want you to invite them, the good and the bad. And so what is the answer to the brokenness that's in our world? Well, when I had a broken butt, thankfully, there was a place that I could go called a hospital that is designed 
to fix stupid people like me. And God also designed a place that could fix people who have made stupid decisions, had failures, have shame, have guilt, have all that. Jesus designed a place as well, and it's called the church. How many know the church is the answer to this broken world? The church is the answer to broken marriages. The church is the answer to your broken relationships. The church is the answer to your broken finances. This is what the church is designed to be. I pray, I pray, I pray that our church would always be a place where people can walk in here with all of their bloody oozing of brokenness and bleed on our carpet because we invite that because we have the healer. And the healer can mend and heal all these broken things in our lives. But if we're not careful, we can create churches that are for the people who already act right. And we can create churches for the people that are already healthy. But how many know the doctor is for the sick? And so, by the way, if you're broken here, you're welcome here. Welcome to OSC. Everybody else is broken. They're just acting like they're not. But they really are. And they found Jesus. And Jesus has healed our brokenness. This is what he does. And I love, I have people come to me all, all the time. I go, man, do you know what kind of people go to your church? I'm like, yeah, broken people? Like, man, do you, how do y'all let those kind of people serve on your dream team? Because we welcome broken people? Yeah, they're, 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 they're in progress. They're in process. Welcome to OSC. We're all in process, by the way. You know that, right? We are all in process. No one arrives. No one arrives. We're always in process. Now, we don't want to stay in sin, by no means. We want to get out of it and want to get healthy. But how many know we're, we're, we're going to create a place where people that are broken want to come to church? How many know most people who are broken don't want to go to church? You know why? Because they'll get judgment, not treatment. I mean, we want to create a place where people get treatment, not judgment. I'm glad I went to the hospital and I didn't walk up in there and they'd be like, you are a fool. You are just a stupid fool. You put that treat between your legs. You are so dumb. I can't believe, like, they didn't do that. I already felt like that already. I walked up in there and they were like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? What do we? And so they just started, they started treating me. I didn't need judgment. I needed treatment. And how many know we need people who need treatment, not judgment? This is why we come into a house like this and God just begins to do this in our lives. And so I, I pray that we would always be a church that's a hospital for broken people where they can come get healed. It's going to be uncomfortable, by the way. Our parking lots are going to get full and it's going to be a hard time to find a seat. If you would have came in 930, you would have even seen that even worse. But we're going to create a place where it's, I'm okay with being uncomfortable if that means other people are finding Jesus. Are y'all with me? I'm okay with that as long as it means other people. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of people that are broken, that are really needing Jesus. So God, fill this house with broken people. Let me tell you the second thing I'm praying. God, fill this house with people who will do anything to help broken people. God, fill this house with broken people, and God, fill this house with any people that are willing to do anything to help broken people. I love what Matthew 9, 13, Jesus goes on to say, when all the religious guys are going, why is he hanging out with these type of people? Does he know what these kind of people do? Does he know they drink? Does he know they don't watch VeggieTales? They watch some bad stuff. Does he know that? Does he know? Does he know that? Does he know, does he know they got some issues? 
And Jesus, he says this, Jesus goes on, he says, go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not, oh, say it again. I'm after mercy, not religion. Religion is get your act together. Say what you should be saying. Do the right things. And how many of you know you got people that are broken here? They don't know what to do the right thing. They've never been taught that. They don't know how to say the right things. It's, it's not what they've known. They, they, just, they just know they're broken and they just need help. So he says, I, don't, I want people who are merciful people, not religious people. And I wonder about that. What would Jesus say about this? Are we merciful or are we religious? Which one is it? And he says, I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. This is what he says. I'm more passionate about reaching people than trying to keep people. I want to find people who are broken. I want to bring them in. And I'm telling you, we want to create a church where there's two types of people in this church, hurting people and helping people, hurting people and helping people, hurting people and helping people, and hurting people get healed and they begin to become helping people, and helping people start helping hurting people get healed so they can become helping people. Y'all see the cycle here? This is just a cycle. It's a cycle, helping, hurting, hurting, helping. This is what God has called us to do. And there's a couple verses later in chapter nine, after he deals with this, that Jesus then shows them, he models, what does it look like to be a person who will help broken people? And he gives us the model. Matthew chapter nine, verse 36 says, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So I wanna give you three things. We see this right here in this passage. Three things that Jesus did and Jesus is and how he modeled it for us to be. If you want to be a person that helps other people, this is what you got to have. Number one, write this down. You got to see as Jesus sees. You got to see as Jesus sees. Jesus had this incredible ability to see people that everybody else overlooked. He always could see people that everybody else overlooked. The outsiders, the outcast, he was always... They always had his attention. The woman that had the issue of blood, nobody else, everybody else was moving right past her. And he says, stop! There's somebody here. Somebody touch me. And they're thinking, Jesus, like thousands of people here, everybody touched you. He's like, no, 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 no. There's something different about this woman. And he goes and he finds this woman with the issue of blood and heals her. Children that the disciples were like, y'all go do what you're going to do. Go to daycare or something. Jesus ain't a daycare. Go. Just leave. Just leave. And Jesus was like, whoa, guys. Tell the children, come, come hang out with me. Papa Jay here in the house. Come on, let's, let's have some fun, okay? <laughs> Y'all know Jesus had to be fun, right? Because if kids wanted to hang out with Jesus, how many know he had to be fun? He probably had candy, you know, whipping candy out of his Torah or whatever. I mean, not Torah, <laughs> toga, <laughs> Torah out of his Bible. <laughs> and so this is, this is the Jesus that we serve. He saw people. He saw people. The, the good Samaritan. The religious guys come up to a guy that's been beaten in Jericho. He's been beaten. He's bloody. He's, he's dead. And the first guy walks up to him and says, I'll pray for you. And walks on. The next guy says, man, looks bad. Looks rough. Hey, guess what, man? Hey, whenever you get healthy and you get whole, man, I got a, I got a Bible study you can show up to. Man, I'd love to have you at my Bible study, man. I hope it goes good for you. Here it is. You got the Samaritan, the guy who shouldn't be the hero of the story, walks into the story and sees a man that is a different race than him. And he doesn't just say, I'm going to pray for you. He bends down and he's moved with compassion, which is, which is the second thing, because not only do you need to see as Jesus sees, you got to feel as Jesus feels. See, when you see people the way Jesus sees them, you'll start feeling the way Jesus feels. 
And this guy was with this good Samaritan. As the good, he comes in and he says, man, I want to feel how you feel. Compassion. He, it says Jesus was moved with compassion. Come with passion. With passion. With feeling. This is what Jesus does. He's moved with feelings. He's moved with emotions. This is what Jesus, this is the, the Savior that we, we serve. This is what he did. Notice Jesus could have easily seen broken humanity and from his throne in heaven said, everybody's saved, you're all good. But he doesn't. You know what he does? God the Father sends Jesus to the earth to be one of us, to live as we live, to go through what we've gone through, to experience the pain that we've experienced, to experience the despair that we've despaired, to, to experience everything so that Hebrews would say, we have a Savior who says, I know how you feel. How many of you glad we have a God who says, I know how you feel? You know why? Because I was there with you. I came down. I was there. I, I moved into the neighborhood, and I was a part of you. He, Jesus knew what it was for people to spit in his face. Jesus knew what it was for people to call him names. Jesus knew what it was for people to betray him. Jesus knew what it was for the people that he loved the most to leave him. Jesus knew what it was to have his family not want to have anything to do with him. These are all things you and I deal with that Jesus knows because he doesn't just, he didn't just see it, he felt it. He came, he walked into this. So I want to ask you a question. Can Jesus trust you enough to feel what he feels? Can Jesus trust you enough to let you feel what he feels? Any women in here have been pregnant? Pregnant women in the house? Come on, give it up for pregnant women. We love pregnant women in the house. We got a lot of them. We just, we just keep having babies. It's awesome. And if, if, if you are a pregnant woman in here and you've been through that third trimester, I remember Lindsay, when she was getting kind of to the end of those, just ready for that baby, she would say something like this at night, baby, I just wish you would feel what I feel. Any, 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 any women in here said that to your man? I just, I, mm -mm, shut. I just wish you would feel this. What, 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 is, what is that woman trying to say? I just wish you would have a little empathy. Like, I wish you would just have something pressing on your uterus. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I wish you would have these pains, these cravings, these that I have. What she was wanting me is to, to say, baby, I don't, I don't know how you feel, but, but I want to know. And, and not only do I want to know, I want to help. And I'm going to tell you, when it comes to broken people, I want you to listen to me. When it comes to broken people, they're messy. I was. And when you say, I want to help, <laughs> get ready for the phone to call. Get ready for them to come over. Get ready for there just to be just a mess. But if you want to be like Jesus, which I think all of us in here really want to be more and more like Jesus, we can't just see as Jesus sees, and we can't just feel as Jesus feels. Let me give you the third one. We got to do as Jesus did. We got to be a people that are willing to do what Jesus did. Verse 37 says, then Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, send out 
helpers send out people into his harvest because the harvest is plentiful. There are so many broken people right now that need Jesus. And we need more people that will say, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to help broken people. I'm willing to help get in the fight and get in the mess of what's going on. And so as I said, two people I want. Hurting people, helping people. Hurting people, helping people. And the success of this church is not in its seeding capacity. It is in its sending capacity. How much can we send? How many people can we send into the mission? How many people can we send out into their neighbors to go make a difference? This is what, listen, I'm not all about building a crowd. I'm all about building a church that honors God. Y'all with me here? If you don't want to, if you're not hurting and you don't want to help, I can send you to a lot of churches that don't care for those two. There's a bunch of them. We need your seat because there's a lot of broken people in this parish who need Jesus badly. And we want to be committed to making sure that we make room for those people. Why do we do three services? It's not because I just like preaching three times. I can tell you that right now. Because we want to create more space for more people to come so more people hear about Jesus, so more marriages can be fixed, so more, y'all with me here? So we can just continue. Why are we going to add a fourth service at some point? Can make more space. Is it convenient? Not at all. Ask our dream team. Dear God, who wants to be at church for seven hours in the day? People who love people that are broken? That's who does. That's who does. And so we're committed to being a church that are all about getting broken people and helping them get help. Number three, this one's burning on my heart, is that we would be a church that is filled with his presence. And I want you to hear me very closely on this. If God's presence is not in this church, we're wasting our time. If God's presence is not in me and filling me, I'm just a motivational speaker. And that doesn't change anybody. When the presence of God is here, we're praying that the presence of God would saturate this entire campus from the moment you pull into that driveway to the moment you walk into our foyer to the moment you walk into this worship center to the moment you have your kids there, that you would just feel the presence of God. And there's something about the presence of God that is so intangible and tangible. It's intangible because you're not quite sure what it is, especially if you don't know what the presence of God is. I have people all the time after service, I've just been crying the whole service. Why? Jesus. Amen. Jesus. It, have you ever worked outside for a long time and maybe worked in the dirt or did some landscaping or something and you're just nasty, filthy, or maybe at your shop or your work or whatever, and you're just nasty and you come home and the one thing you can't wait to when you get home is to take a shower? You know what that's like? And I love walking in after I've you know, been working outside in my yard all, all day and come inside and I throw that, I just put cold water, not even hot, just cold, because it's like 127 degrees in Louisiana, so just, just cold. <laughs> and I just put that shower on and I just do this. <sighs> you know what that's like? <sighs> and then I love looking down and all that dirt is like... Ah. That's what we want church to be like. I want when you walk in here on a Sunday 
and you're carrying all your shame and all your guilt and all your pain and all your fears and all your anxieties and all your junk. You walk up in this place and you're like, like you can get your breath back. That's my prayer. Like, I don't want you to leave this place impressed with me or anybody on our team. Like, we just want you to leave this place going, God, you're so good. And God, you love me. And I don't deserve it. Watch what scripture says. 2 Corinthians 3 says, For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Can I tell you why I so want the presence of God to fill this house? Because when you're in the presence of God, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. You bring your fear and your frustrations to the presence of God, and it melts off. You bring your worries and everything to the Lord, and it just, it just melts off. I love what Jesus says. Look, look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I want you, listen, I want you to take this scripture for yourself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's anointed me. See, without the Spirit of God, I'm just, I'm just a gifted communicator. But with the Spirit of God, I'm an anointed preacher. I'm an anointed worker. I'm an anointed student. I'm an anointed whatever you do. You are an anointed. When the Spirit of God is on you, you are anointed to do what you do. And here's what it does. To bring good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. This is our prayer for OSC. That the Spirit of God would be so strong in this place and in the people of this place that everywhere that we go, things would just start breaking off in other people's lives. And that's why I said you can walk into your your business and be like, man, I just hope somebody's sick because I'm going to pray. And I believe that the Spirit of God is with me and I believe that he can heal God has put us on mission. And here's the cool thing about the presence of God. It's everywhere. It's everywhere you go. You go home. See, people have relegated the spirit of God to the church. But how many know we are his church? We go where we go, he goes. And he can be used in that. So that's our prayer. But I want to end today with this. And that is that when it comes to brokenness, when I was talking about broken people, God is the gap filler. God is the gap filler. Now, there's a a Japanese art. It's called kintsugi. God bless you. And uh, kintsugi is the art form of where Japanese people take broken pottery, whether it's a jar or a bowl or anything that's made out of pottery that's been shattered. And people who practice the art of kintsugi take, take this broken pottery, they bring it back to their shop, and they begin to piece it back together. And here's the beauty, though. They don't piece it back together with super glue. I want to show you. They piece it back together with gold. They interlace all of the gaps with gold filling. And here's what they do. They can now take this same bowl and now sell it for more than it was worth before it was broken. This is the art of kintsugi. And I'm going to tell you, do you know that this is what God does? 
This is what God does, that you are beautiful, not in spite of your brokenness. You're beautiful because of your brokenness. You are beautiful because God comes in and he fills the gap. So listen, I know you stroll up into a church like this. You go, man, I'm not perfect, man. I've been struggling. Good, welcome. Because you know what God does? He takes our mess and he makes it beautiful. That's why I'm calling today's message a beautiful mess. I hope maybe that's, the, that's how people describe OSC. It's just a beautiful mess. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, they're messy. But man, God's made something very beautiful out of very broken people. And today, listen to me, all of us in here try to fill these gaps with stuff. We try to fill it with relationships. We try to fill it with sex. We try to fill it with drugs. We try to fill it with alcohol. We try to fill it with toys. We try to fill, we try to fill it because all of us are broken and we're trying to fill those gaps. The problem is it just doesn't last. And you just go back to being broken pieces. But can I tell you what? If you let God in, he fills the gaps. This is what he does. And then he takes your broken mess and your broken marriage and your broken relationships and your broken family. And how many know God is the healer and he mends and then he puts you on display for all to see. So don't hide your brokenness. Listen to me. Don't hide your brokenness. Show off your brokenness because Jesus is the hero, not you. Jesus is good. So I want to pray for you today, if you don't mind, right there where you are. I want you to bow your heads. And, and just, just for this to be a moment, the only reason we bow our heads and close our eyes is there's nothing spiritual about it. It's just really just for us to eliminate distractions. And you're in this place and you go, know what, I, I, I'm broken. I know it. Man, there's some areas in my life that are broken. And I need Jesus. He needs to come. He needs to come fill some gaps. If that's you in this place, come on, today we're taking off the masks. We're not going to show our, show our best and hide the rest. We're going, we're going to show the rest today. We're going to show these areas so that God can bring some healing. If that's you in this place, man, say, Pastor Josh, that's me. I want you to shoot your hand up right now. If that's you, come on, hands going up. Wow, 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 wow. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Now, this is what you do. I want you to put your other hand up. I want you to put two hands. And I, we're just going to be in a posture of receiving today. So, Father, right now, I pray for every single hand that's raised. God, all of these needs that are all across this room. God, you know where there is brokenness. God, you are aware, and yet you love them. God, you love them. Broken and all, you love them. God, I pray today, Lord, that we would invite you. We surrender our lives, and we invite you into this moment to come and have your way in our lives. God, come and fill the gap. God, fill the areas where maybe it's been our own mistakes that we've made, but today, God, we ask you, Lord, to come and cover and fill so that we can be the beautiful mess. God, that you are the hero of this story. So we surrender our lives to you. Can you just say that to him? Say, God, I surrender. Come today, fill me. You put your hands down right there where you are. And as we're, as we're praying, I, I want to pray today for those that, man, you don't have a relationship with God. If you're just being honest, your relationship with God consists of church attendance, maybe communion here and there, and just trying to do as best as you can. But you really need a relationship with God. If God's going to fill the gaps, he's got to come in and be your all. If you're in this place, 
You say, man, Pastor Josh, I want to know God like that. I want to have a relationship with him. If that's you on the count of three, man, I want you to just shoot your hands up. Be bold, be proud. One, two, three. That's me, that's me, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One, two, keep, it, keep your hands up. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Come on, come on. You can put your hands down. And I want us to pray this together as a church family. Come on, we're going to pray this with all those people who raise their hand. We say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sins my shame, and my guilt. Today, I turn to you. Be my Lord, be my Savior. From this moment forward, I follow you. Come fill the gaps in my heart. Bring healing in my life so that I can serve you in Jesus' name.